You're listening to Sips of Sanity, your toolkit for emotional and intuitive intelligence, or what we like to call the dirty work. Let's do it. Well, Kelly Sarlo, we have a wonderful guest coming back on the show for patrons again. And for everybody on YouTube for the first free show. Yep, I'm excited. She's a special guest uh, in both of our hearts. She is. Yeah, Amanda Cooley is back. Uh, she is here as a yoga instructor. She's bringing her knowledge and expertise to this week's series. And we're talking about not just yoga in terms of the Western world with uh, postures. We're actually talking about the eight limbs of yoga. So she's educating us about how yoga is a lifestyle rather than just a class you attend once or twice a week. She has a gentle voice, a calm way of speaking. Um, There's education packed in there and humor. Mm -hmm. And what I really love about the shows is that everybody, you, her, and I, bring everyday experiences and ideas and explanations so that anybody can listen to this show. You don't already have to have a yoga practice Mm -hmm. or ever have attended a class. As a matter of fact, a lot of what Amanda does in the show is explain what yoga is really meant to do for us in everyday living. Mm, Mindset, movement. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. You know, the postures are just day three. That's it. Yeah. And, And everything else built up around that is wellness for body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. off your mat. Yeah. And if you decide you're never going to grace a yoga mat in this lifetime, <laughs> you still can enjoy the shows for the lessons, the information, and just for the calmness. Mm-hmm. You know, some people listen to podcast shows to fall asleep. I swear to God, mm-hmm. Amanda Cooley could help anybody with insomnia just fall asleep. I, I, I think she should be charging for it. She's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Um, I don't want to keep people from the show. We just, we wanted to do this as an intro so that people know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you guys now know where you can find the rest of the series that's in our, our standard intro. Uh, one of the things we do want to say is that this is a zoom in and neither of us had professional microphones. So please be patient and kind about the zoom quality for audio. Um, we are working on fixing that this, this coming year. Uh, but we, we just hope that you guys enjoy Amanda as much as we did. Hello, Amanda Cooley. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you both? Well, the gang's all here. Look who's showing up for you. I love it. (laughs) Parker's here today. This is Amanda. This is Auntie. Yes. Yes. Fond feelings for Auntie Amanda. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really excited to have you. This has been something that we've planned for a while now. Um, we pulled our patrons and our listeners and they are wanting healthy, active lifestyle tools. Uh, and we thought let's bring Amanda in right afterwards, uh, to talk about something that's extremely important to our health. And that is, and that is yoga. Amazing. And Amanda, I like, you've mentioned this before in other conversations, cause we've had you on the show on coffee with the Sarlos. Um, but I think you've mentioned prior, and I'd like you to bring it up again. Who created yoga? <clears throat> well, uh, it it stems from India, um, and I would say that a male-dominated society created yoga. But ultimately, the sages or the gurus created yoga. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a loaded, loaded question. Mm. Um, because nobody really knows where the texts came from. It was from, from my understanding, it was um, verbally passed down through traditions. And then men started to document it. Okay, so I wanna I wanna pause here for a second because you knowingly use the term yoga to refer to the eight limbs. And many people, most people who will be listening today use yoga to refer to only one of the limbs. And I think yes. that's important to clarify right off the bat so people aren't like, well, it's stretching, who cares? Who cares who created it? Right. So yeah. can you walk us through um, kind of briefly? Cause I know we're gonna dive into that over the, the next five days. Yeah, we're definitely gonna dive into that. And um, uh, yeah, and you know what, it's funny cause when I was kind of, <clears throat> when you asked me to do this and I, and I stepped back and I thought about setting it up for these five days and what I really wanted to focus on stretching or the postures was not, it's not heavily focused. Great. Because that's what everybody thinks of. And so what I really want to focus on in the next five days, and of course we will touch on the postures because postures help us release energy and move energy and um, is really good for our body, but all the other aspects of yoga or living yoga. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and then go ahead. Living yoga. Yeah. I just, I really like that. Yeah. Because as we mentioned, people want healthy ways of living and they think about the asanas and think, okay, cool, got it, or no, that's not for me. But don't think about that a healthy way of living is the eight limbs itself. So hold on. For the people who don't know what that means when she says the asanas, could you explain what the asanas is? Yeah, it's just the, it's the postures, the, the movements. Okay, so like yeah. if somebody says, oh, do you mean downward dog? Oh, do you mean, because those are the most common ones, right? That's correct. correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I would say that that's probably what a lot of people's minds go to is that image of downward dog. That is one posture out of hundreds of postures. Um, it's basically just a, a movement, movement for our body. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, an asana or postures is, is heavily focused on nowadays. And we forget about all the other awesomeness that yoga can bring to our life. Okay. Okay. So we're essentially handing this week over to you to structure in any way that you see fit to present it mm-hmm. to people. Um, so where do you want to start? So I want to start with the first limb of the eight limbs, which in sort of English terms, and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to stick to English terms because for, for the most part, I can't really pronounce the Sanskrit words. And I also think that um, for uh, a white woman such as myself, um, I don't know if I'm damaging um, the Indian Hindu culture uh, by basically butchering the Sanskrit terminology. So I'm just gonna stick with the English version of things. Okay, cool awareness. I'm also going to, um, I'm also going to stress that I'm in no, uh, I am not a master of the eight limbs of yoga by any means. This is what, these are the little, I'll say like all the little cherries that I picked off the tree that my teachers brought into my life and just how I've interpreted or brought it forth um, 
and and sort of practice it or implement it on my day in my day-to-day -day, um, actions so um and i want to i want to stress that because you and your audience can also cherry pick from what i give um there's no right way of doing it and i'm really hoping that in the next five uh days together that the three of us can on just honestly have a conversation about what these might mean in our uh in our culture now and what we're living now as opposed to centuries ago when they sort of were written down by men very cool i also wanted to back up too and say like maybe this is just a, a bf brag here is that the way that you have chosen to cherry pick from the eight limbs you've done such a beautiful job incorporating in the way that you teach the one limb, which is the asanas, um, to help people understand how to take it into their day-to-day -day lives, not just in a posture, but in embodying it in different ways. Um, so I think, it, like, I think that's one of the reasons that you has, you have such a dedicated following that people will follow you no matter where your studio ends up or where you end up as a person, um, because of of how much you have studied, uh, lived it, and pruned it. Okay. Thank you. One, one metaphor. Thank you. I, you know what? Something that I really like, um, and you guys have been talking a lot about that lately, um, is process. Mm. And, and what I love is um, how yoga can be a process. And if we forget little parts, um, we have to step back. We have to go back to like the first or the second or um, the steps involved in order to sort of follow that process. Um, and that's if we're if we're thinking about asana or postures um and we're bringing in all those other limbs of yoga process for asana is super important and and we can talk about that you know on the third day when i want to talk a little bit more about asana and stuff so. right day one take it away hey, day one so um the first limb of yoga is uh for english purposes basically moral codes or an external way of living um, however, when these, when these, and, and it's broken down into five different words or five different phrases or five different um, uh, thought processes. And when they were presented to me in, let's say, my philosophy class back in teacher training, I never really thought about them being only external. And, and we can talk about that too. So I'm going to just tell you what they are. So if we think moral codes or an external way of living, we want to think about, I have my notes, so I keep looking down, but we think about nonviolence. Mm -hmm. We think about truthfulness. We think about non-stealing. We think about non-access or excess. And we also think about non-possessiveness. So those are the five sort of external ways, moral codes, um, yamas, that first limb of yoga, they're really broken down into those five things. Mm -hmm. Cool. This is going to be so loaded and maybe some of our like longer episodes for sure, because my head can go in a lot of different directions when you just mm -hmm. say one of them. Mm -hmm. um, can you repeat the first one? Oh, yeah. You know what? I love it. I want to I want to repeat the first two because they dance very well together. Yeah. And that is nonviolence and truthfulness. Okay. 
this is just so fun because I think about truthfulness and how it's been really spun lately um especially in the western world I think the eastern world is in as much chaos if not more in in their own way where truthfulness has somehow with this moral compass swung to being defined as an opinion Mm. and we we put truths quote unquote on the internet we put truths in our posts and we think because we think it it's true or because we want it it's true and so this you can totally see how these moral compasses across all of our cultures and societies is just there's there's no true north i like how you said just because it's in our our opinion we think it's true Mm -hmm. because that's one of the biggest ones that i see in social media for as little as i'm on it People think that just because they have a thought or an opinion of something, that they have to express it, that they're supposed to express it, it's their right to express it, and that it's correct. Which goes against nonviolence, uh, because if we're not if we're not just thinking about nonviolence in terms mm-hmm. of physical, we've done a lot of harm to ourselves as well as one another and our society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say harming the world with our narcissism. Oh God! I have to express everything. I have to have a thought about everything. I have to make people think what I think as well. Right. And I think that that you know uh, plays a big part in um, kind of what what you're saying about like speak your truth. Well, you can do that in a kind way, but we've lost that kindness as well. So it goes back to you know, non-harming or non-violence always trumps truth. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so if, if we want to speak our truth, we can absolutely do that. We got to have the tools to do it in a very kind, kind way. Um, So good already. Yeah. Yeah. So those two dance together. And I mean, I, I wrote down a little bit of um, notes just for myself because really non-violence, if we think about violence in and of itself and where that comes from, where it stems from, well, it comes from fear, as we know. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to be non-violent, we really have to be courageous. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to tap into courage in, in ourself in order to sort of diminish our fear or recognize where our fear is coming from and really uh, understand uh, ourselves on a deeper level and where our fear comes from. So we don't confuse survival instinct with speaking our truth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, those, go ahead. Sorry, Karen. I was just going to say that we've be, really become a very violent society. And, mm-hmm. and I don't just mean the wars that are being fought. I mean, I mean the verbal wars being fought every day on social media the verbal wars within our own homes, um, just even text messaging another person. If we really want to get down to really simple things, the way that we text message, the way that we talk to ourselves, the, the emojis we... that that we use, the yeah. gifts that we send. <laughs> like, yeah. I just think you know, because I've just learned how to send a gift. Oh, <laughs> Took a couple tries, but we got it. But just, first one. <laughs> but just saying that we're looking for so many ways to express violence to express our anger instead of learning healthy ways to do it and as you said coming back to the gentleness even if we don't like somebody 
we can still yeah. be gentle because we choose to be for ourselves, not because we necessarily choose to be for them or they deserved it, but because we choose it because that's how we choose to live our own life. Absolutely. hundred percent. And Kelly, I love what you said about, you know, um, nonviolence to self too, because again, when, when all these concepts were being presented to me for, for these uh, specific five, you know, it is a moral code um, or, you know, they really sort of set an external way of living, but it really can be about, you know, ha harming to self as well. Like, um, you know, how you speak to yourself, how you treat yourself, what you intake, what you avoid, what you know, all those things, right? So yes, we want to think about how we treat others, but we also really want to think about how we treat ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's no longer built into the fabric of our societies because parents are not taught to facilitate this. Yeah. If you think about, you know, um, communities, villages raising each other, where it was really focused around health and healing and community by, by definition. Um, you know, we, we raised our children to know themselves. We raised our children to feel like they were a part of something rather than, um, pushing down any big feeling they had, ignoring the big feelings and, and discouraging expression. So much of what parents are doing now for maybe lack of knowledge or lack of uh, example is shut the child down and then they never grow up to actually know what they think, what they feel and what to do with that suppression. Hence mm -hmm. the anger and the violence to self and, and externally. So it brings us like all, all of what you're saying kind of brings us to the next three and I'm going to relist them again. So non-stealing, non-excess and non-possessiveness. So you, you said some really nice things there um, because what, where I went with that is particularly with children is a parental figure, whatever that might be, is really stealing from the growth of the child. Mm. Oh, right that non, that non yeah non-stealing sorry karen would you say i was going to say that there are so many kinds of stealing and i'm glad that you're going to go into what stealing yeah. can look like yeah absolutely so the stealing from the the child that example that kelly brought up stealing from self self-growth right if you're not being true if you're not finding your courage if you're not seeking out what what you're afraid of um and also stealing from the earth Mm. yeah and we're on stealing from the for sure um you know well we all we all know what what you know we all know what the earth is going through these days mm -hmm. turn on the news and turn on the weather channel and you can see it everywhere so when you say stealing from the earth amanda i think about how we're always using up its resources when you say stealing from it that yeah. we don't take from it and then replenish back or maybe yes. some people do and they're listening to this day going no no i participate in planting trees no no i took down two on my property and i put up a new one like yeah. want to say good job to the people that are doing it yeah but we also want to say it's easy enough to find where we're taking from it and not giving back anymore 100 percent. cultures raise their children and behave that way that when you take you give back yes a hundred percent they have can i go Kelly. in a direction with stealing mm -hmm. yeah i want to go in a happy direction but i don't want to take away i have movable arms this is not good 
<laughs> just about flying. Um, I want to take stealing in the direction of artists because this is where I'm seeing where it's done beautifully. Yes. And um, there's literally a book that I would highly encourage people to check out, Steal Like an Artist. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, right? Um, this is where they actually talk about innovation, in other words, where I can see something that you have done, love it, and know how I want to put a twist on it to make it different, better, more accessible, fill a need, let's say. And stealing becomes this really beautiful thing that um, it's just it's just passed around, and no one is upset that you took it and built upon it. So it's mm -hmm. not where I feel that someone has um, stolen from me. We can see how we continue to build on what other people have started. Uh, and I absolutely mm -hmm. love that. But that's part of the replenishing too, is um, I don't want to say giving thanks because I think that sounds a little bit cliche. cliche. Um, but offering appreciation that, hey, you loved that thing I did and worked with it. That's so cool. Um, mm -hmm. And we do see that in Hollywood very much on, you know, all of the audition shows where people are building on dances and songs and, and works of art uh, to, to keep creating, where artists honor each other for what they've done. And I, I just really, I really love that. Yeah, on, even like on a music level too, right? You, yes. the guitars, um, musicians. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if you go back to that nonviolence, again, nonviolence trumps it, right? So if you can be so elated that somebody else is finding value of what you have not even started because who knows what started anything really, but just sort of like snowballed, um, that's beautiful. That's, that's a way of nonviolence and just being uh, enraptured with the creation uh, is so awesome. And it also comes to that fourth um, phrase of, or that fifth phrase of non-possessiveness, right? Where you don't cling to the control or you don't cling to um, that feeling of, oh, it's mine or they are mine. Um, and uh, I know nowadays in our culture, minimalism is a huge um, topic. Uh, is it Marie Kondo? as well, where you're decluttering and stuff, right? People really living sort of in, in a simple way. Um, that's that act of, of non-possessiveness, right? You can... Well, and I think, you know, evaluating joy was her, her really big thing, uh, as well mm -hmm. as, um, I, can't, I can't remember their names, but they did the minimalism documentary. Um, mm -hmm. um, okay. I can pick their faces. I know, I, I, I even know the director's name, but not that. <laughs> Uh, but they, they talk about evaluating joy, which I think comes back to that truthfulness. It comes back to mm. that nonviolence, right? Like mm. I, there's not one thing on that shelf behind me that I don't see every day and love and feel like it provides something in the room um, to make it feel full in a wonderful way rather than cluttered or like I'm just taking up space, right? Mm. Which again is going to be stealing from stealing from the earth, stealing from my time, stealing from my space, if, if that's something that I include in it. Um, yeah. That sort of non-access non to, yeah. right? Paring it down. It was interesting when, when this phrase was brought sort of into the conversation of when I first learned it, it was really stressed as abstinence. Mm. Um, 
but more importantly, abstinence from sexual pleasure. Hmm. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting um, because, I mean, you can, oh, you can go off on things like that right now um, in many different ways of how you could, you could take it to a negative level of where, you know, maybe for a person who really uses sex as a tool to get what they want, maybe that could be uh, something that they could look at where they fear there's a fear in them um, and they, there's a lack of control. And so they feel like this is the only way that they can gain control, but they could um, think about like non-access in abstinence in that way or sexual pleasure in that way or but the other the other way or the positive way is you know how many women are being empowered nowadays um with speaking up about how they've been abused um so it's just it's an interesting phrase in there uh i think in abstinence not not just sexual sexually i think about it in all the other ways as well of abstinence from you know that extra chocolate that I eat at night that I probably shouldn't be eating mm -hmm. or you know having my face full of you know a bag of chips <laughs> so <laughs> everything moderation yeah and then it's coming back to self-regulation which is non-violence yes yeah oh I yeah. love that I I find it wildly fascinating and not in a fun way, mm. um, how so many of these cults, cultures, religions, whatever you want to refer to them as, especially born from men, say that they practice such a suppression of sexual health. It just, it makes no sense to me because I think that is something that creates violence. It's something that creates a lack of truth. It's something that puts you in dysregulation which you're more likely to want to binge on um, or use inappropriately or disproportionately uh, when there isn't a healthy understanding of what it can do for you, how it can bring you joy and how it can be done truthfully and respectfully. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, bang, bingo, like so good. I think that a lot, there can be a really negative outlet as well. You know, um, if you're, you know, drugs, drinking, um, or you even, and uh what do, what do they call it? they call it sex addicts these days an over uh, abundance of where you're just not really caring about the other person or the other people or that's a disconnection yeah, yeah dis disconnection yeah i said diction dick connection <laughs> thank you freud um this is this is great i'm really excited uh, i know this is the free one it's going out to the public i'm really excited for patrons who are in our tier that are going to get reflective questions this month because i think just this show alone there can be so many questions reflecting on the five things that we we've started talking about um they can probably be prepared to be inundated with more more things they're going to need to journal and explore for themselves yeah, and there was one more thing about violence. And this was when I took violence, and I'm just, again, going to my notes, but when I took violence, this is the one thing that I focused on for a week. And I'm just going to read it out loud here. But nonviolence asks us to trust another's ability to find the answers they are seeking. 
So instead of, and, and I, ugh, I had a really bad habit of trying to fix or over worry about somebody else's situation or something that they were going through. And I wanted to step in and offer them suggestions and do this and do that and just like coddle them. And I really think that per perhaps that could be a question for the general population or the general uh, patrons at this point is, you know, how, how are you taking away from somebody else's experience? How are you not allowing them to grow, not allowing them to find their own, in a good way, their own truth or their own growth or their own fears? Um, and it kind of pulls all of those five concepts into one question. Perfect. I think we're off to a really good start. Uh, and I know that we're jamming eight limbs in five days. Um, so please bear with us, patrons who are gearing up for the rest of the week. Uh, and anyone who wants to join us, please feel free to do so. Yes. Thank you. It's been fun. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Me too. I love this. And I love how it's applying to our everyday lives now. Instead of thinking that parts of yoga, we just go to class, we stretch, and we really don't understand what we're doing or how it's actually supposed to affect our lives. So thank mm -hmm. you for bringing those, those teachings to us. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Sips of Sanity. Catch the full monthly series on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo.